Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. M. Toomey was born in Baltimore City, Maryland, in April 1988. She was 5 pounds and 4 ounces at birth. M. was born to a birth mom with alcoholism. M. had to stay in the hospital for a week to detox. M. had a diagnosis of ARND, alcohol-related neurodevelopmental disorder. She struggles with speech and has a learning disability in reading and writing and math. M went into a foster home in March of 1990. She was adopted in October 1990. At the age of 13, she went into foster homes and residential treatment centers. Now M is 32 years old, and she conducts ABA therapy with kids with autism. She is a wife and a mom of two boys. She still struggles with learning and reading, FASD, social skills, executive functioning, and impulse control. Abstract material is difficult for her, and certain things need to be broken down so she can process them better. M is a self-advocate in the FASD community. Helen Orcutt is an adult advocate living in Portland, Oregon with her son and her husband. Helen and M run a website, www.loveMeEnough.com, dedicated to FASD with personal blogs, a bookstore, resources, and much more. Helen was diagnosed with FASD, an alcohol-related neurodevelopmental disorder, when she was 11 years old. Helen has learned a lot about her diagnosis, and she has made it her mission to provide support, hope, courage, and firsthand experiences to her community. She has written and published two children's books about FASD titled The Way I Am is Different and Be Different, Dare to Be. Helen travels across the United States and speaks at conferences while working full-time at a nonprofit. After attending one of FACET's workshops and being invited to speak, she was invited to join the FACET's board of directors, where she provides input from an individual's perspective of living with an FASD and also being the secretary. Helen is a major supporter of the neurobehavioral model. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. You exist. You are real. You are right. You are capable. You are valuable. You are not alone. Written by M. Toomey. I am so excited to be speaking with these two wonderful women who have this great venture and they're just doing so much for the FASD community. I'm speaking with M. Toomey and Helen Orcutt. M and Helen, welcome to FASD Hope. 
Hello. Hi. You guys, I'm so happy you're here. Em and Helen, just they're both self-advocates in the FASD community. Um, their voices and their stories are so important. And as a mom, I'm just so happy to be speaking with them today. And as a podcaster, I'm so thrilled to be sharing what they're doing for the FASD community. And they just launched their website called Love Me Enough. The address is www.lovemeenough.com. And that will be listed in our program notes at for the end of the show, we'll remind you. So we're going to talk a little bit about M and Helen and then talk about what led them into becoming self-advocates. So Helen, I'm going to start with you. Can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and just what led you to where you are now? Yeah, so um, I was adopted and at about four years old, my parents knew. Well, right off the bat, um, I was born affected by heroin, cocaine, and alcohol. So they immediately got me into support services. I couldn't speak. I had to have speech therapy and physical therapy up until I was four years old. So right off the bat, my parents got me services, counseling therapy, medical services, everything you could think of to help me thrive. So that was the biggest thing that helped me. Um, Then I decided to go to college and I, teachers made such a big impact in my life. So I decided I want to to pursue an education degree. My first semester of college, I had a professor, an education professor and a speech uh, professor. And I did my first speech is such a scary thing for me. So I did my first speech interview or, or whatever. It's a one minute segment. And I decided to do it on fetal alcohol and come out in the open about it. It was really well received. My professor, my speech professor told me, She had tears in her eyes. You gave me so much hope. I'd never met anybody with fetal alcohol before. And my sister, who's a professor here, she has just adopted a daughter with FASD. And I think that you would really give her some hope. And they, my two favorite teachers were sisters. So they just took me under their wing and really told me to get out there and advocate and just try to change some people's lives because there's such a stigma around FASD that you're not going to be able to do anything. And if that it's this crippling disorder and um, it can be if you don't have the correct support services and support network. And so that's what I really wanted to do with my advocating was show people that with support and services in the community, um, it just makes a big difference. Your stories both give me hope as a mom of a young adult, hearing you, you both have these amazing families, you have support systems, and you've made connections. For everybody who's behind you, who's on this road, we are just thankful for for hearing your story. So so thank you, Helen, for sharing that. That's that's awesome. And I love hearing about the connection too, because that's such a big part of this journey too. So Anne, can you share a little bit about your story and what led you to to, to be where you are today? Um, Well, I was adopted at age think 18 months I was adopted at age 18 months and I was a I had to be in a I guess like a I don't I had to be in the hospital for a while when I was born just because of um, alcohol and also drugs I was my mom found out that I had fetal alcohol syndrome I would say around age two she found out um, I was in and out of Kennedy Krieger I went to a um, special needs school when I was very young, they taught me how to like, to talk and to, I had like social therapy to learn how to like socialize and stuff. Um, 
so yeah, and I didn't really talk on fetal alcohol syndrome just because I didn't know a lot about it and I was embarrassed. And since it was something that I didn't know about and something that wasn't like, you know, something that I didn't look like I had fetal alcohol syndrome. So I'd never wanted to talk about it because I didn't want people to think that I was like a liar or something. But I end up just coming out with it because there was things that were wrong with me, like my speech and my social anxiety and like mental problems going on. And I met Helen and she kind of, you know, put me out there and was like, you know, you can do this. Your story is great. You should share it. And so here I am now helping Helen with, you know, letting people know that they're not the only one and support is the biggest thing on fetal alcohol syndrome. And just to know that, you know, it is an individual, like a, in a, I don't know how to say it. There goes my speech problem. <laughs> it is something that isn't noticeable, but, you know, we do have it and it's hard to deal with and support is the biggest thing. So it's an invisible disability. Yeah. So yes. many people, so many people know, and, and it's, it's so many people say that, you know, um, mm-hmm. that so many people think, you know, oh, you know, and, and that's actually happened to us too. You know, we've shared about our son's FASD and, and they're like, he doesn't look like he has it. And, and that's, I think one of the biggest things that we, our voices, you know, need to share is that it just doesn't look like one thing, you know, it's different in so many different people. So thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about accommodations and um, what I like to call life hacks, things that have made your lives, you know, more accommodating, more helpful. Helen, what are some things that you've found that have helped you through the years with your FASD as far as self-accommodations? Yeah, so it's changed really since I was in middle school to high school till adulthood. Some of the accommodations are still there that are the same, but it's definitely varied as I've gotten older, primarily in a young adulthood till now. Uh, well, in high school, middle school, I had a 504, an IEP plan. I would go into a room by myself to take tests. I had longer test period. Things would distract me pretty easily. So I was able to leave the rooms my brain is all over the place all the time. So I, one of my accommodations that I'm so gung ho on is I have chalkboards all over my house. I have planners, I have calendars, I have sticky notes, I have lists everywhere that you could think of, because as soon as I think of something, I have to train myself to write it down right there. So it's in my face. So I know about it so I can come back to it. I'm not forgetting it. It's a crucial part to me functioning. Time is also a significant one. Um, I, everybody thinks it's so weird that you can look at a clock with the hands on a clock and not understand what time it is, but that is a real problem for me. I cannot look at a time with, or the hands and figure out what time it is. If people tell me it's a quarter till or it's whatever, I cannot comprehend that. So I have watches. I check my phone constantly. I ask people to tell me the time doing it that way because it's just too much for me to understand. I also really take my time. Speech is a hard one too. Like Emily was saying, so many people look at us and think you're fine. You don't have anything wrong with you. They don't see our struggles, but internally it's a massive struggle. My biggest struggle is I shake. I have severe tremors. So I take a medication um, every single day to help with that. And on bad days, I have to tell my boss, I have to tell my coworkers, I have to tell my family, 
my friends, this is a really bad FASD for me, day for me. If I'm shaking, just know that's why. And I'm being open about it really helps me to um, just mellow out and give myself some grace with it. It's not something I control. There's going to be bad days. Just like with speaking, I have to slow down. And if I mess up words and people make fun, then um, you just kind of learn to just have grace with that. They don't understand and you look normal. So you really can't be mad at them for expecting that of you. That, that is, I'm so thankful you're saying that um, because we do, we have to have grace with others and especially with ourselves, you know. And how about you? Any accommodations that have really helped you throughout the years? Um, I would say I also had an IEP in 504 and then I also had, um, speech therapy, um, and the extended test time for now, like now that I'm an adult, a lot of times I have to like stop and think about what I have to say, or I have to like slow it down a little bit. Um, because a lot of stuff I say wrong or I say it, um, I'll say it fast and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. Um, and then a lot of it is the list, the post-it notes and everything. My husband is a big one. He always keeps me like on top of things like, hey, um, you got to do this and this is how you're supposed to do it. And sometimes I feel dumb because it's like I know how to do it, but sometimes I forget on how to do it. So like just taking me back to like step one, kind of like a child, like taking me back to step one and then teaching me through those steps so I can realize it's like, okay, this is how I'm supposed to do it. Like bills and money is the biggest thing. I struggle so hard with saving money, not spending it. I get in this like depression mode, I would say. It's like depression, anxious, especially when like changes come, I have to have money taken completely away from me. And it's sad because I feel like a child, but I know that that's something that I have a problem with. And that's like a combination that he has to do is take it completely away. Um, so yeah, and another thing is like anger. My anger is very, very bad. And I have to sometimes like take time to myself and breathe and just be like, okay, Emily, like you're getting a little bit up there. You're on fire. You just need to breathe and calm down a little bit because I can get very explosive sometimes. And sometimes my husband has to tell me like, just take a break because I overwhelm myself with things. That's basically my accommodation. <laughs> those are great accommodations. And I'm going to be in our program notes. I'm going to be listing those accommodations because those are very helpful. And especially for parents who have kids who are, you know, teenagers or younger, these are accommodations, you know, that, that we need to like remind people of. I think sometimes people take accommodations for granted, but, you know, like you said, you have to tell yourself, you know, to, to slow down or to do something. We have to do that. So mm -hmm. they, I, that, that is great. Talking about accommodations, before we start talking about your awesome website and your awesome new um, venture that you guys are doing, let's talk a little bit about strengths. Because this is something that we know that, like you, got, you, you both are saying, we seem to focus a lot on the needs and, and the things that we're not the things that we're not doing or able to do versus the, the many things we can do. 
So let's talk about your strengths and how you've learned about your strengths as you've gotten older. So um, Helen, what strengths have you learned about yourself as, as you've grown older? Good question. So I think right off the bat, it's so important if you have, even if you have a child that doesn't have FASD, identifying what your child's strengths are and always making sure that they know what their strengths are and encouraging them. After I completed speech therapy, became my love for books. I just couldn't get enough books. I loved reading. I loved writing. I just couldn't read enough. And my parents immediately said, wow, you are so good at writing. Like, this is something you're really good at. You should do this more. So they encouraged me to write. Writing is definitely my strong suit. Um, I'm really incredibly grateful for that. That's why advocating has been such a joy to me because I'm able to share through my website and blog, just through the Facebook groups, just being able to share that gift. I'm compassionate. Um, I'm creative. It's hard for me to get a direction the first time, but watching, I watch a lot of YouTube videos when I don't know how to do things at my job. And my boss is always like, that's really awesome that that works for you because you know, how else are you going to figure it out if I can't explain it to you? So um, I'm, I have a knack, the also strength and some people would say it's not a strength, but I think it is. I'm really adaptable, super adaptable to every situation, to different people. And I think that comes from a lot of, from the FASD. I mean, I'm not so stuck to one thing. Change is hard, but I'm also very easily adaptable around others. So that definitely would be one of my strengths too. And again, I just think it's so important if you have a child identifying what they are strong at and just making sure that they know this is your gift, my child. This is how you are going to make a difference in the world. Because I believe that God gives, gives us these gifts to make the world better and change the world for the better. And that only comes if you know what your gift is and that starts in the home. So Absolutely. it's just really important parents tell their kids that. Kids have so many strengths. And like you said, you know, it's our job. It's, it's God gave us this job of when we became moms to, to find these gifts. So I, I, yeah. I love hearing that. And how about you? What are some of your strengths? My strengths would be being patient. I'm a very patient person, which is surprising with having FASD. It's very surprising because I like, I feel like I can take the world on and handle it in such a good way. Um, my son, he has, my oldest son, he has ADHD and also explosiveness behaviors. And when he gets into that explosiveness, I kind of just picture myself in him and how I would want to be treated and how I would want to be handled. It's like growing up, I didn't get handled certain ways. And so I kind of had to teach myself how to handle that stuff. So now that he has it, my biggest strength is like to stay patient with him and to teach him the stuff that I know helps me that will help him. Another thing is I'm very passionate and affection. Um, I just love, I love everybody. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know. I find good in every single buddy, no matter what, like you could be the most terrible bad person and just rob a bank. And I'd be like, Oh, well, he probably did it because he's poor and needs help. Like that's just, 
me, I find good into every single body. Um, also, I would say that I'm very understandable and I never judge. And I try to, I don't know, I try to understand every single body and where they're coming from. And I, that's my biggest strength. <laughs> Those are awesome. Those are awesome. And let's start with you. Tell me about your participation and your part in, in Love Me Enough. Um, well, Helen started it. And she invited me because our stories are so much alike. Like me and her, we have so much in common. And I know that with this website and our stories that we can really help the world. And especially with us being so much alike and our stories being so much alike, we have so much to give. And we just want to help people and, you know, raise awareness to everyone that, you know, it does exist and it's hard to deal with. And even with parents or people who have fetal alcohol syndrome, like it's, it's hard to live with. And with parents, it's hard, hard to deal with. And I think coming from me and Helen, we can share those resources for parents in with people who have FASD, you know, what we go through and how we handle it. And you know, as a parent of an of a 18-year-old, almost 19-year-old with an FASD, I want to hear your perspectives because they're important to me. You know, what you're saying, I'm going to keep in my head so I can think about like when, when I'm talking, you know, with our son, when I'm, you know, having a, a, a difficult day or like you said, a, a really tough FASD day. Helen, let's talk about it because it sounds like, you know, you've had this vision for a while. Let's, let's talk about Love Me Enough. Yeah, so I started it about two years ago. And when I first started it, I was all the way in. I was traveling all around the United States speaking at conferences and stuff. Um, and it was really just my therapy. I would sit there and I would write so much. I was going through some tough changes, some tough times, and it was my outlet. And then as time has grown on, I've just kind of taken a step back. Um, I became a mother. I've been a mother for two years now. And everybody always told me, oh, wait till your mother, your life is going to get really crazy. And I was like, no, I'm still going to be full in and have all this time. And it's just not feasible. That's not an accurate representation. A toddler takes up so much of your time. So um, I, I met Emily. I came across her. I was looking for somebody that would step in that I could trust that shared my vision. And I just adored Emily right off the bat. Our lives, again, were so similar. We just really connected She's a mother. She's, um, you know, in the full-time work mode, trying to think about school as well. And I just needed that extra set of hands. And when we connected, it just really took off. We had so many visions. We were like, yes, let's do this. Let's go back in. And she got me back in touch with the website. Um, she's inspired me. And I'm just grateful to be able to put out the words. I think there's a real margin of people with FASD that are forgotten about or that aren't really considered. And it's the people that are higher functioning on the spectrum. And it's a touchy subject, but I also think it needs to be brought up because there's so many supports out there for people who are really struggling. But when you get up to the higher functioning, we're forgotten about. Our struggles aren't really seen or paid attention to. And that's extremely difficult. I feel like my struggles are very just much as real if, you know, very just as much real as people who are struggling um, in a bigger scope. 
my struggles matter. I have the problems with finances. I have, I've been in trouble with the judicial system. That's really taken a huge impact on my life and where I am today. And, um, I think had somebody really paid attention to these, my parents didn't really know there wasn't a lot of help to navigate them through the judicial part. So that's what I'm really passionate about is making parents aware that your child with the FASD has a more likely chance to get in trouble with the law and you need to advocate for them right off the bat. If they do get them attorney, don't worry about the cost. Like I know that's a hard thing to hear, but you have to do what you have to do. There's so many people now more willing to go out there and help people with FASD when they get into the judicial system, which is amazing because we need it because our minds aren't processing, even though I look like I should understand everything, I don't. My reaction to action and consequence is not the same as a normal person's. I don't necessarily see the consequence right off the bat. And so you mix that with um, impulse and you've got yourself a real awful combination of disaster there. So I'm just so grateful to have the blog with Emily where we can put these real struggles out there and people can learn kind of by my, our mistakes and what we struggled with on how to do things differently for their kids. So it's not such a hard time for them. And again, you, both of your stories matter so much. I guess my goal this year is to, um, last year we, I donated to FAF, FASD. And so this year, Emily came up with the logo, which is on our shop gear. Like she is such an angel. She's so talented. I'm so excited about the logo. So our goal really is to every three months, because it's a lot of analytics and stuff, and I'm not trying to set myself up or Emily for failure. Really, it's a good idea just to do it every three months to look at PayPal, see how much people have purchased stuff. And then we're going to choose um, a nonprofit that's FASD based and we're going to donate 75% of the proceeds to. That is awesome. We really want to give back to the community. That is awesome. You need to go to love me enough because not only it, you're able to hear M and, and Helen and see their wonderful work and shop, but this is going to good, this is going to good causes. Now I love this even more. I like, just like you both, I my husband and I started FASD Hope because we wanted people to have hope. You know, this is a lifelong disability. Nothing changes that. But like you said, people need to have hope in this journey. So for those parents out there, for those people who have FASD who are listening, for the caregivers, for anyone out there, I like to end our episodes on a hope takeaway. There's something that they can get from this podcast that they can take away that'll give them hope. The biggest thing I like to tell, I know that as a parent, it is so exhausting every single day to go to battle for your child. I look back on everything that my parents did and I don't understand the amount of everything that they were able to do because my child is neurotypical. He doesn't have the struggles that I had and I'm already overwhelmed. And to think that my parents put in 50 years of this is pretty outstanding. And so I just want all of you FASD parents to know that in the depths of it, when you're in these hard moments, like your child down the line is going to see everything that you did. And I promise this comes back. Like I have seen so many adults in this community that are now past their hard parts and are just singing their parents' praises. So even in those moments, you don't think that you're making this big impact and you might be getting frustrated. I promise you, your impact is so much greater than you could ever imagine. And all you have to do is love your child 
just love them. It really is enough. And they see everything that you guys are doing. Oh my goodness. I'm going to write that and put that on a wall somewhere in my house. That was wonderful. I would say to just reach out for the support and also to know that you're not the only one, that there's other people, no matter if you're high functioning or low functioning, that we're out here too. And that to just reach out, to just express how you feel, even if you feel down or you feel worthless about yourself, to at least speak on it and go to that support and have them have them help you because you are loved and you are wanted and you are, I would say you are a person and we all know you're struggling and it's hard and that support is the biggest thing with FASD and to just hang in there and do as best as you can and just be determined to beat the world and show them that you can do what they can do. I love it. I love it. Those are awesome hope takeaways. Helen and M's website is Love Me Enough. And the website address is www.lovemeenough.com. It also is for a wonderful cause. And we will also be listing Love Me Enough on our resource page on fasdhope.com. Just visit us and you'll be able to find it. So M and Helen, once again, Thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.